0: Welcome to Tangent, Palace Arts and Culture Podcast. Tangent is brought to you by C Magazine and KPLY. i I'm your host, Raj Sodi. Max Rosenblum is on the show today. He's a former jury member for San Francisco Film Festival, and his own films have been in film festivals. He's also been in film programs at NYU and USC. I'm very excited to have Max on the show today. He's talking to me about contemporary film classics. Max?
1: I'll start us off. This is sort of a link to your... Uh your CMAG article about sort of four films that people need to watch. Right. I feel like whenever you
0: like ask what's the best movie ever made, um, you get lots of varied answers. Some people say it's like Seven Samurai. Some people That's say it's like Pulp Fiction. Some people say it's like, I don't know, Infinity War. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not
1: really yeah. sure.
0: I, everyone has a different... And it's hard to know where to start, and it's hard to know what genre you
1: like. Yeah, it is hard to know where to start. Like, the way I got started in film really was... It was through Marvel, Actually, and I was watching these movies, I thought it was so cool. I was like, I'd like to make these someday. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I should probably sort of start to understand. And then sort of the different kinds of movies and try to have a variety. So actually, who I discovered first was um, was Edgar Wright. Oh, okay. Um, Baby Driver? Well, it was actually Hot Fuzz was the first oh, one I okay. on. So I watched no Hot, Hot Fuzz, and then I watched Baby Driver, and then I was reading kind of articles about it. I was like, oh, well, okay, he was heavily influenced by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. I was like all right, then I should start checking him out. So I watched mm-hmm. all of his movies, and then I was like, Oh well, he his whole thing really is that he's influenced by so many other different filmmakers. So I was like, Okay, so you then I should go watch out those, yeah. It, yeah. And then the other one, like you mentioned, for me was uh, Kurosawa. So Seven Samurai, yeah. and all of his things, because really you talk about like how everyone now is obsessed with Marvel and sort of the action adventure blockbuster. Yes, Kurosawa basically invented that. So if you kind of want to see where that comes, like first of all, Star Wars mm-hmm. is a beat for beat remake. Of the Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa, I see, and um, the Magnificent Seven is remake of Seven Samurai, which then also got adapted into Bug's Life by Pixar. Oh. So he's actually he's super influential. When you watch his movies, you can kind of see where sort of a lot of the ideas that fuel the modern sort of blockbuster films really got action started. Movies.
0: Yeah. So like when you talk about like this craze for action adventure movies that he invented, you're talking about just plot structure
1: in yeah. terms of like basically yeah. Like, have you seen Seven Samurai? Well, the lowdown of it is basically that there is this great threat to this small village. This, an Avengers bandits. Yeah, well, these these bandits who are going to raid this okay. small village, and they have to assemble a team of different fighters with unique skills and personalities so, yeah. so literally an to Avengers come together and fight this swarm of bandits. Okay, so that's pretty much yeah, that's every action. Yeah, maybe. so it's in in like and uh, Yojimbo, which is about like a lo- like a. And that's another Kurosawa, Kurosawa, right, is about this, like, retired samurai who comes to this village where these two gangs are fighting and ends up basically pitting them against each other for his eventual gain and, like, participating in this gang war. Right. Which was uh, adapted beat for beat into Fistful of Dollars, which is a really famous Western movie. Um, so, So would you
0: say that Kurosawa also
1: invented, like, the plot structure of the Western? Pretty much, yeah. And sort of the aesthetic of it, too. Like, the two, like the two lone gunmen out in, like, the middle of the field... Oh, so, oh that's like, actually suspense, good yeah. staring each other down. Like, that was that's samurai, samurai. Yeah. with yeah. their swords, right, ready to... Yeah. yeah.
0: So would you say that the Western is the... <laughs> Western interpretation of a
1: samurai movie? Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when so you think about it, like, the lone, the lone gunman who's, like, a gun for hire, yeah. right, like, roams the town... The, yeah, like, that was a samurai, pretty much. That was much. samurai. Um, and samurai are, like, disrespected
0: ninjas, right? Or yeah. Is, like, no, samurai. Oh.
1: So, no, so no, so ronin are disrespected samurai. Samurai are basically were basically, I think, I don't know too much about it, but basically, like, in the Japanese feudal system, um, they were, like, hired as bodyguards, pretty much. um, For, like, famous, for rich and famous people. Um, And then, it's interesting, too, because, um, yeah, like, that was kind of, came from Kurosawa, and so I sort of start like, you start to realize, like, sort of why the movies you like now work and where they came from. Right, like,
0: where they, so,
1: it could have gone so many different ways. Like, let's say Kurosawa, like, Decided to not make samurai movies, but right. something else, and then
0: pop culture would have gone right. It, it's
1: completely. it's gotten to the point where Kurosawa's um, later movies, like in the '80s or whatnot, mm-hmm. got these massive budgets. From uh, they were all funded by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas yeah. and Francis Ford Coppola because they were basically they, they they just they they thought that they owed their careers to him because he influenced them so yeah. much. Wow, right, and so and I think it's interesting too, just sort of how you can trace filmmakers' influences. I think it's such a
0: unique medium because of that. Because so many people are like, it's like music in a way where you're just so influenced by something, and then you make something obviously owing to whoever your influences are. And then that sort of lists the cyclical nature for the viewer to perceive and go back as you did, like trace... Through all the different influences and then also like there's always new like people will look at star wars and be like yeah. i want to make something like yeah. that
1: yeah 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 definitely and when i heard you wanted you were doing something on sort of the like the movies that everyone should watch kind of to get into it i started right. to, to kind of think about like what would those movies like what is the criteria for that right like what like what should we be judging them based on like should we be judging it based on like like influence right like mm-hmm. in like this movie without this movie there wouldn't have been all these other movies should it be like current relevance? Right, should it right. be so, like um? Should it be like like how unique it is, right? Like maybe like you want to have a variety of different styles right. so that people can kind of. Yeah. If they're looking
0: to get into film, and you were, like, if you ask them to watch like how was it is from the fifties, so okay, like so 70, like seventy years, right? Yeah. You ask someone to watch a seven-year-old movie, and their first reaction is going to be like, "Oh, if they think that that's all film is, just like looking back on the past, right? Yeah, right. So that's not obviously not what I wanted to give the impression of because there's good movies that are influential, that people are talking about now. That's true. There's discourse about now. There's obviously more discourse about something like Moonlight. That's true, yeah. There is about, like, Seven Samurai. Even though maybe Seven Samurai is more influential, Moonlight is obviously more politically... More relevant. More 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 about what's now, yeah. More talked about. I think you really need to appreciate contemporary film before you can appreciate classic film. And contemporary is just, like, whatever's
1: living artists right now. I think, yeah, I mean... Part of me agrees and part of me is sort of like, okay, the reason movies, like the reason we talk about old movies now, it's not that every movie that came out back then was bad. And I'd even argue that more good movies are coming out now than used to, just because of technology, right? Just because it's so easy easy to make make. a film now compared Mm -hmm. to what it used to be. That's true. Um, But I think that when you look at the films that are um, that are are from that long ago that are still talked about now there must be something really special about them right right right? because
0: because of the way that time like filters out right because of the
1: way that like yeah we're still talking about this movie mm -hmm. and it's still like pretty much required viewing for every film school student like right like like decades down the line right right? so
0: the story I mean obviously if you're a film student you're not just gonna watch for Right, you're gonna yeah. watch a lot of yeah. than that, right? But so it sort of, did, your
1: your ideas just start, sort of get into that. Yeah, world.
0: the three that I picked were Pulp Fiction, American Beauty, and Moonlight. And the two she picked were Spirited Away and Juno, for sure. So I've never seen Juno, but it was, um, it's, it's it's a good movie. It's a very I, classic kind of coming of age. Type. Yes, I didn't, I didn't, I had never heard of the movie, and I, I mean, I think coming of age movies are super. Popular now. I don't know if they've always been. It's, well, it's it, it is very. important.
1: Seeing as it's one of the only coming of age movies to be like very like well like kind of well regarded by like critics. Like I think it was nominated for an Oscar. I think it won an Oscar for best. Yeah, that Life. that was what I was like. Okay, maybe this is a good. And movie. I think in general, like coming of age movies are definitely looked down upon, or definitely like kind of pandered to a, like a lowest common denominator. Yeah. In general, I like one of my favorite genres is coming of age. So I watched a lot of really good ones, but uh-huh. I think the ones that. You generally see. Do you name some good ones. Yeah, so like uh, anything like Richard Linklater, right? Dazed and Confused. Um, here's one other one that's really great. Um, recently there's been a ton of great ones. Eighth Grade was. Yeah. Great. What'd you think of Eighth Grade? I loved it. Really? I loved it so much. Yeah. I I've never. I don't know whether like it would. I think it was well made, yeah. but I think it for me it was just really. It Personally was so. Impactful. Yeah, it was just so specific to a lot of experiences that I, I and I think a lot of people that I've talked to have had that it just sort of made you feel so like. It made you feel seen and also kind of called out. You know, when a movie makes you feel called out, where it's like, "Shit, like this character's an asshole, and that's me, right?" And so that's like that was kind of my experience with it, where like I just so yeah, it just seemed so. It was just so much of me. Bo Burnham, yeah. When he
0: was in eighth grade,
1: it had to have been completely different. Yeah,
0: no, that's true. Which, but I guess we get this feeling, like something. because of technology, we're the first people to experience. You know, like we're the first people to experience like technology from birth. Yeah, right? well, so, we're the only times to.
1: We're the only who knows what it's like to be young now, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um. So many directors are so young. Like Paul Thomas Anderson directed Boogie Nights when he was like twenty five. That's insane. Ridiculous. It's such a good movie. That movie is so. That movie is like a pool that you can just jump into.
0: You know. Wow. Have you seen
1: his other stuff? Um. I'm Punch Drunk Love is on my list and I what is his other movies? Like Magnolia There Will Be Blood Phantom Thread The Master every single one of his movies except for maybe Inherent Vice, I didn't love that one as much he's just so good like he's probably my favorite character they're all a lot like Bookie Nights with a really like really sort of you really get into the psychology of these characters and you really get to see them at like their emotional like lowest and highest points and it's like and his movies don't like they don't all like same thing with Boogie Nights where, like, the, it doesn't quite kind of come together in a cohesive, like, beginning, middle, end story. But, yeah. like, emotionally you kind of feel it. Yeah, right? it's like so a it's a more sandwich. like an emotionally it's like, it's emotional sweet, experience. That. Especially, like, the master. Like, really start. Like some points you're just like, what the f***? But, yeah. like, it's just so, like, v- you just kind of get it, you know? Yeah. And it's like the, ap- the performances are just incredible. Like, he works with the best actors. He got a good performance out of Adam Sandler. Like, that man can do anything. Wow. Like Punch Drunk Love, like Adam Sandler's great in that. I'm like, damn. Is that his best role, you think? Oh by far, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Like but there's just not much to compare it against, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean Adam Sandler, it's a romance movie or romance. Drama? Yeah, okay. Kind of romance drama type thing, yeah. I mean yeah. Adam
0: Sandler, that's crazy. I watched um uh, Pulp Fiction again last yeah. week. Pulp Fiction was the other one
1: why yeah, you I that one. uh well You have to watch Pulp Fiction. Yes, yes, you this have is true. To. This it's, is true. It's I not mean, actually my favorite Tarantino, but you I agree. Bastard's I think my I, I get bastards better. yeah Yeah. Um,
0: but, like, Pulp Fiction is just, if you want to watch movies and say that you've at least tried,
1: like, it's one of the first movies. Did you Should notice you? that it was a three-hour movie when you first watched it? Uh,
0: no. Because I did no not.
1: Yeah. It's three hours long. I only just realized this. I looked up the runtime because I couldn't believe it. There is It's no three way. hours long. It feels like it's not long enough. It feels long. like it's, like, at least two and a half, like, two and a half hours, if not shorter. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's just so, like, fast-paced. It's similar, I think, to... Magnolia, which is the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh-huh. where Magnolia is three hours long, three hours like fifteen minutes. It's really long. Indian. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm used to uh, long movies. Indian movies are like oh hours. right Bollywood right, right yeah.
0: Indian movies are huge. I mean they have intermissions. Right. Like, yeah. Um. I'm like I am so used to watching an Indian movie and you feel like it's going to end and it's like okay, it's almost like a different act structure. It's it's like the midpoint of an Indian movie is literally the sequel, huh? They make two. Sometimes I mean, they make two like it's it's crazy because you it's like the same it's literally a sequel where it's the same characters, you know, different
1: predicament and they've grown since. Yeah, huh, Interesting. It's like a time jump in yeah. like TV shows. In well, I mean, I think that's kind of the way that uh, old longer movies. Like I saw Lawrence of Arabia in the theater recently. Yes. Like, it was incredible and it's structured similarly. Where yeah. the intermission, because the intermission, the physical time where you spend fifteen minutes away from the movie and then come back, is like how that's like the best way to bridge that gap is to have it be a time jump. Exactly. Right, like um like it's it's theater still has that, right? Like yeah. th- plays will have intermissions usually. Mm-hmm. In yeah. yeah. And they will almost always use that opportunity to, to do a time jump break. and split the conflict. And Pulp oh, fiction obviously like it's interesting because of the way it cuts up the three act structure and sort of kind of spreads it all over the place, yeah. right? And it's like, right. know, when like... And it's also, different. the dialogue is insane. Oh, obviously, yeah.
0: I mean, I I didn't know when I watched the first time, but I went in the second time after reading some interviews about people saying, oh, it's like a, like the most quotable dialogue of all time. And oh, it's yeah. true. I can quote every, like, I not, not like I can quote every single line of this movie as right. if I memorized it, Yeah. but every single line in that movie is just like...
1: Yeah. Ooh, like it's so sad, it's, yeah. It's so sad. It's nice. And it's like not like people talk, right? And I think it, it's no, of course not. It's not like people talk, but it's like it's, it's just closed. so fun to listen it's to. It's not even yeah, it's not like it's there's no point There's to really make, only a bunch a couple of big studios making
0: it. Yeah, animation. exactly. And it's like you, you trend towards photorealism and then it's like I don't want that. For I sure. want impressionistic stuff, I want and it's just it's just, like that happens in literally every medium. Yeah. We were just talking about it with dialogue. Right. We were yeah. just talking about it with like you know, painting and photography, yeah. you know, it's just like, at a certain point, everything trends towards replicating life, Yeah. but that's not what people want, That's true. it's not fun to consume like life, it's yeah. fun to consume how you experience life, yeah. which is different, you know what I mean? Yeah. You experience life in impressionistic and emotional ways, you don't experience life through like video, does that make yeah. sense? No, no yeah, do I go Straight, yeah. so which is why something like Moonlight, mm-hmm. where... You even though it, you feel like you're watching somebody, that's yeah. different than you're watching a video of somebody.
1: Yeah, I quote a lot, but there's another quote from Emily Dickinson. It's like, for in storytelling, tell the truth but tell it slant. Exactly. Right, like you can't just tell people. Right, like you can't just this preach at sense. people. And there are a lot of movies that just cre- preach at people. That's why I hated Green Book so much. Huh. Um, man, oh uh, man, God, we can Oof. have a whole podcast about yeah. the Oscars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. even though people have talked about it so much already. But I just, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think that until next time, until next time, have a great day, Pally.
0: Tangent is brought to you by C Magazine and KPLY. I'm your host, Raj Sodi. Have a great day, Pally. Until next time.